buffering. Greetings, most excellent Theophilus. Grace and peace be to you from our Lord Jesus. Is that myself? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Christina. Okay, go. <laughs> Greetings, most excellent Theophilus. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Greetings, most excellent Theophilus. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I didn't have a clue what to do today, tonight, because I have to pre-record tomorrow's episode, which for you is today's episode. So I just asked my lovely friends here on the live if we could just chit-chat and you get to eavesdrop on our chit-chat, which, you know, is public, so I've been recorded anyways. So, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the fun. <laughs> we are live with Cal St. Andrews, who has a podcast of his own that he's more than welcome to plug, um, and Christina Whirlin, um, who's contemplating doing a podcast at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hey, uh, good day. How you doing? This is Kyle St. Andrews. Please tune in to Strange Talk at www.kylestandandrews.com. And also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora Radio, and Google Podcasts. <laughs> when you said Google, that got my, that got my, uh, 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 the little <laughs> speaker guy trying to do a thing. Um. Oh. So, Kyle, how's your day? So, my day has been. Uh, <laughs> my day went great. It was a typical Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Miss Kelly just came back. Oh. Oh. Kelly. I wrote, I told, um, I told Christina about this while you were away. I wrote a new song today. Um, I was listening to, you know, my usual playlist and, uh, YouTube music has me pegged now for breakup songs <laughs> of a certain genre of music. Hey Kelly. Um, of a certain Which I think is really... I think that's really nosy on their part that they pay attention to what you listen to or peg you with anything. To be fair, that's kind of that's kind of the whole point of it is that it's supposed to adapt to what you listen to, but um, which honestly is actually being help helpful. But um, uh. there was this one song um, that I thought was a regular breakup song, and then it gets to the end of it and. Oh, that would have been real cool if I'd actually looked up the lyrics for it. But all my devices are in use right now. Uh, um, it, it, the, the, the end of the song, the guy just stops singing and does this whole spoken word um, dedicated to his um, late grandmother, um, which is really emotional to me because I, uh, my grandmother, who I was close to, passed away in 2012, and I really could have used that song back then. Um... Yeah. <laughs> inspired me. That was the other half of it. That inspired me to write, uh, finally, um, a song dedicated to my grandfather, who passed away when I was two, um, who I'd been meaning to write a song for. I'd started writing a song for it, but I didn't have the right um, inspiration 
um, of how to lyrically incline things. Um, and, uh, I'd show, I'd at least do that, but I don't have it printed off yet, and again, both, most, but, blah, 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 my devices are in use. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. They use Spotify, right? Anchor does distribute to Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and, yeah, all sorts of places. So I'm talking about your playlist. Oh, no, I use YouTube Music. YouTube Music, okay. Mm-hmm. Paid in everything. Yeah, paid in everything. I can click the little power button, and my phone saves more power <laughs> than when I listen to YouTube. Um, <laughs> huh? Unless I paid, if I paid for YouTube, then I could do that too. Basically, it'll allow it to be like in the background, um, playing. Yeah, um, which is nice. Um, yeah, I don't want to pay YouTube for some reason. Yeah, it's, uh, ugh, ugh, the, the, the ugly side of capitalism. Um, they don't pay me, I don't want to pay them. That's fair. I pay for Spotify. Yeah. I don't pay for nothing unless I have to. Um, yeah. I mean, YouTube has got some good features now, and I recommend people if they like to start a podcast and they don't want to go through Anchor and Spotify and stuff, you could do just a digital podcast on YouTube, and later on, you could take and strip the audio off of it using Audacity when you do want to use Anchor, and then you have multiple episodes you've already recorded. Yeah, which I I have half a mind to try to to try to help make things a little more um actually supporting my existence um rather than just giving me an outlet um doing YouTube live um recording of Theophilus or something because super chats exist. <laughs> um, uh, mhm. Here's Talk about YouTube. We have a lot of people who are on TikTok, mm -hmm. they're on Christian TikTok, that try to teach, and they're not teachers. They're, not, they're, they're, they're glorified students. Right. But they get on and they just repeat what James White or what Paul Washer, other people say, and they turn around and call it. I'll say it. There's some people who like to. Come in here. Oh, go to check out my And the problem is, they're not teachers. So why sh should we teach them? I mean, if you want to be good at your trying to find your niche, do what you are good at. Right. If you're good at apologetics, um, Stephen is good at apologetics. He would do good at that on YouTube. But if you're not good at apologetics, and all you know how to do is teach kids about Jesus to mm -hmm. that video. Market for kids. Trust me, as a parent, I would love to see more Christian content for kids out there. Right. You don't have to be a, th a philosopher or a theologian to make good Christian content. You mean you don't like those weird parody videos on, on YouTube kids? <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, who does? It's like I've been, I, I, I've been tempted to get on there and teach stuff, but I'm like, who am I to teach? I can yeah. teach people how to do good content. Yeah, that's that's different. Have a look coming up with ideas. Same, Kelly. Um, oh, you I'll know, help you. I'll shoot you some ideas. You know what's funny is that from Theophilus' perspective, this is basically like a, a live Q and A throughout the episode because <laughs> you got people well, commenting. Yeah. Well, not yet. For some reason, you're not very lively tonight, Kyle. But um, <laughs> I'm not lively. Like this whole like you know what I mean. <laughs> Bouncing off the walls. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like, the chat isn't being lively. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, yes. Have you all seen the cartoon where Jesus and his friends throw rocks? No, I've not. What cartoon is that? What? You shouldn't have laughed. But did that sounds like a fever dream you had. <laughs> apologetics for you. Um. <laughs> um oh. Oh, Theophilus, for no. this, but uh, Theophilus, I now have drugs. I, I no, I take melatonin. I have melatonin now to help me sleep. Ooh, how did that work for you last night? I took it way too early, um, and really, by the time I went to sleep, I don't think that was what helped me sleep. Um, <laughs> so tonight I'm gonna wait longer, um, and um, contemplate. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got to figure out what dosage is right. Um, it'd be nice if it actually said what the dosage was per gummy, which tastes dangerously delicious. Um, if if you get this, Theophilus or anyone listening, um, keep don't joke around when it says um, keep out of reach of children. Um, <laughs> I give my kids, um, well, my ex has bought um, melatonin to give the kids. It's like a little, small, white pill, just tiny, that dissolves in the mouth. It's made for kids. I give it to them every once in a while. I don't like trying to do that because I don't want to get my kids addicted to the melatonin. Right. Uh, yes, it's from Walmart. It is five milligrams, Kelly. Um, but I don't know if that's per gummy or if that's per dosage, which is supposed to be um, specifically like two serving size two gummies, um, which doesn't account for the reality of people needing higher or lower dosages. Um, actually, I think I was up when I was actually on melatonin. I think I was up to, or was that something else? Was I prescriptively on melatonin? I was on, um, back in high school, I was on an ADHD medication and a medication to help me fall asleep. That was, um, Sertraline, or no, no, Stratera for ADHD, and it started with an M. It wasn't melatonin. Um... Oh man, I forget. It'll... Chat lets you know we are on. Most Greetings. excellent, Theophilus. Most excellent, Theophilus. So you gotta get his permission before you come up. 
Yeah. This is his podcast. I'm 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 comfy with these people right now. <laughs> um. Oh, but um, but um, filibustering, um, for dead air, um. <laughs> Actually, I could just I could just pause the office. Actually, that's what I do all the time when I need to pause and contemplate. Uh, I mean, yeah, whatever, whatever you want to chat about, bring forth. I I I have no qualms about putting Bruno situations on the office. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, this is a discussion I've been having uh, in private with people today. There are certain people in here on this app that are pastors who are not evangelists. Mm-hmm. They don't have the evangelical gift. They're going to evangelize. They are nothing but pastors. And they're meant to feed the flock. I'm not doubting them. But they don't know how to evangelize to the lost and reach other cultures. Mm-hmm. And this goes to some are some are nothing but teachers. And all they do need I mean all they know how to do is teach. Well, and I think that um, Kyle, if you don't mind me interjecting just to add, I think that there's also an epidemic on um, the app where a lot of us, and I know I'm guilty of it too sometimes, we've forgotten to listen when we are evangelizing. Like, what works for or reaches one person is not going to reach the next person. So if you feel like you're trying, you're evangelizing to somebody and you feel like they're starting to shut down or pull away or get offended, then you need to switch up your strategy. Listen to where they're coming from because the same little prescription that you dish out every single time to each person is not going to work the same for every single person. Something that you say to one person might trigger them based on some past trauma, whereas another person, that might be the kind of medicine that they needed to hear. So I think that a lot of times, and I know that I try to, as a pastor's daughter, I've kind of watched my dad you know, do this with people and I try to practice it in youth ministry and everything. And I try to really kind of get a little background on somebody before I start really going in on things because I want to kind of find out who, you know, where, where you're from, what you're about, what's your track record, what's your history, what have you been through, like what, what kind of trauma have you experienced because I don't want to say anything that's going to shut down the gospel by attending you before we even get there. So it's like, I want to make sure that the map that we're following and the road that we're on to get there is going to lead all the way to the destination and that you're not going to bail ship somewhere halfway down the road. Yeah. That's, that's something that, that's something that, um, I've, I've talked about before is you cannot talk to everyone with the exact same tone. Um, I cannot talk to the Latter-day Saint the way I talk to a Muslim. Um, a a mus- Muslim, you um, and they'll dish out the, the exact attitude that they can take. Uh, we shouldn't go as far as they're willing to go. 
but we can be more stern. We can be more critical. We can be more in their face about the problems of their teachings and how, let's be honest, sick and twisted it is. Whereas with the Latter-day Saint, it says in their scripture, he who has the spirit of contention is not of me. You can be contentious with the Muslim. You cannot be contentious with the Latter-day Saint. In fact, I even modify my language. I say Latter-day Saint instead of Mormon because they prefer to be called Latter-day Saints in most scenarios. There's some who don't care, but I don't know who does and doesn't until they tell me. So I go with the status quo for that scenario. And I, and I think, and I agree with everything that you said, and I think me too. Um, you know, really hone in our listening skills, make sure that we're listening when we're evangelizing, but also make sure that we're taking into account respect for the culture that that person is coming from. Because just like you were talking about with, with the Muslims, um, me as a woman, they're not in most scenarios, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to care what I have to say, but if I have, you know, humility and good relationships with my brothers in Christ, the wisest thing that I can do is bring in one of you guys because they're more likely to listen to you than they are to me for the simple fact that I'm a woman. And there needs to be no no pride there, no hurt ego, no, we need to understand that that is what they were taught, that is the culture, and it's just a fact of life. You're going to be able to reach them where I'm not going to be able to reach them just like in certain scenarios, like, say, people coming out of gangs or the occult or addiction, I came out of addiction in all those scenarios. I'm going to be more likely to be able to reach that person than, say, you know, Kyle or somebody else. I think we have to keep in mind that we're not meant for everybody. Each and every one, you know, each and every one of us has been, um, you know, God has brought us through certain sets of you know, situations to make us relatable to certain people. And we need to keep in mind that everybody's testimony is important and that sometimes we have to sit down and be quiet and let the, you know, make sure, of course, always that we're letting the Holy Spirit lead us and sit down and be quiet and realize that, you know, sometimes we have to let a brother or sister step up to the plate and be like, this is your area of expertise you, you know, Stephen, you know the apologetics. They come from an atheist background where they studied the reverse end of this, so you're going to be able to reach them through the apologetics end of it. Or Kyle, you know, you're from your experience, like you're going to be able to reach them, not me. And I think that one of the things, one of the problems or one of the shortcomings that we've fallen into on this app is we always want to be the one, you know, that leads them there and it's like we have to remember that every every part of the body is important every limb of the body is important we need every single finger toe arm you know it's that's why that's why god made it a body and not just an arm <laughs> well i mean i mean i'll tell you this and it's people need to realize in witnessing you might you're well, especially if you're dealing with, with some people, you're not going to be the one who leads them. And that's okay. I, I... I... As far as I know, I haven't led anyone directly to the Lord. In the same way of Call of Duty, I have a lot of assisted led to the Lords, but um, 
but my uh, my conversion um, uh, disconnect ratio is uh, not not favorable. <laughs> but it's not always about the harvest, you know. Um, every every role that you play is planting. You know, and even if you're just planting, 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 and you know somebody else is able to help with the actual harvesting, your role was just as important as you know the people that planted, and you know get as you know it's just it's everybody is unilaterally important. I think that we just have to remember to listen and be humble and give God all the glory because. In every situation that we've been through and every blessing, everything that God has done for us and that God has designed us to go through, it's given us a role in all of it. So, I mean, if you touched base with them, you did what you were supposed to do, even if it wasn't they got saved that day. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, also, when we're dealing with different people, like the Church of, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a.k.a. the Mormons, there's different groups inside the Mormon faith. Not all Mormons believe the same thing. There's different groups inside of Islam. Not all Muslims believe the same thing. There's different, like when it comes to the occult, and Christine will tell you this, not all the occult believe the same way. You need to approach them on their level. If you have a Wiccan who goes, I'm a Wiccan, ask them what God they worship. Now you're able, and I don't care if you, you don't have to study what that is. Now you just approach them on their level. Yeah. And the, the quickest way, and Christina has helped me realize this and re-realize it over and over again, is the quickest way to witness to someone is to get on their level. And the fastest way to do that is find something common with them. We, me and her love using tacos. <laughs> Most people love yeah. tacos. <laughs> um, there was a young man who came in my life a couple of months ago, about a month and a half ago, who came in and we talked about horror films. And he received Christ because after talking about horror films, which I hate horror films, but I talked with him about it. He loved it. And then he was more receptive to receive the gospel. <laughs> he received Christ that night, and there's nothing I did, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, I planted the seed. Megan came in and made sure it was watered. Mm -hmm. And I got to give her credit on that. And, she she, loves, she knows how to harvest. And that's the thing is, I mean, the Lord will work however the Lord will work, but if your method of witnessing is consistently making people just frustrated and turning them away, like if. It, and if your attitude is just like, exam, self-examination is very, very important, um, and is is something I end up doing very slowly over the course of time. But I've changed the way I deal with certain things. I agree with. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with both of you 100%, you know, and self, you know, doing a lot of self-examination and, you know, trying to 
kind of remind ourselves to go back and let the Holy Spirit lead us and make sure that it's what God wants and not how we want the conversation to go. Um, because we're, you know, we're wretched creatures and sometimes, you know, we still battle, of course, with the flesh and we want to sometimes get stuck on our past and talking about what we went through and how it, it worked for us and what we did. And that might not always be, um, you know, what reaches them. But another thing, um, like Kyle brought up, we really have to like kind of listen to where they come from and what background they came from. Because like he said, you can't assume that all Satanists are the same or that all atheists are the same. And I've run into this a lot because like, um, you know, there's a whole new era of Satanism where they say, well, we don't worship Satan. We worship ourselves." And I was like confused by that. I was like, well, what do you mean you don't worship Satan? Because, you know, when I was running with Satanists, they worship Satan. And I had friends who were, you know, in the priesthood of Satanism that were warlocks and witches and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you can't put anybody in a large group or, a you know, you kind of have to break it down to, well, what do you believe? You can't just put it covered up and talk Satanists. I know all about that. Like, you have to break it down. Well, what what is it that you believe? Why do you believe that? Where did this start? You know, like, you have to kind of, you know how atheists try to deconstruct Christianity? You have to kind of, in these situations, do a role reversal and kind of try to help them deconstruct, not what, not, not starting with what they believe, but why and how they became to believe that and what it is they believe in order for you to make it an honest assessment on where they're coming from because then you'll know if that's something that you're able to handle or if you have somebody in your immediate circle who's more equipped to handle that particular person. Exactly. And I pointed this out last night. Sometimes, and I was asked this a long time ago by a good friend of mine, how would you handle it if you woke up tomorrow and you realized everything you believed in is false and you had to go tell your friends and family that believe the same way you did. That is what these people are going through when we share the gospel with these guys. It's Satanists. You're laying it out. Now, if he believes the gospel, he's going to have to fight humiliation of saying he was wrong this whole time. And people go, but he's going to be joyful. He should be joyful, yes, but we're human. We're going to be humiliated for being wrong. Mm-hmm. And we need to learn how to approach that. If, prime example, if you know Catholicism's wrong, or if you know Islam's wrong, or Orthodox is wrong, don't attack that person. Attack the belief. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and I want to say, uh, this is actually um, a really good... <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord moves in ways... A good conversation going into this weekend for me because there's someone at my reenactment who I last time started talking with finally about something spiritually meaningful um, late night over drinks. But, <laughs> um, but of course, he's one of those um, interestingly out there people who thought he really understood things but really doesn't because. 
I got to talking with him, and like I respect this guy because I have this working relationship with him from doing reenactment. But saying that Jesus is not only the Son of God but also God, he'd never heard that before. And I just go, "Oh, buddy, do we have a long road ahead of us?" <laughs> <laughs> and Lord willing, he wow. will be receptive. Because here's the thing. He's he's not like a lot of the people we deal on here on TikTok. He's, one, I know him in person. Uh, I've been buddies with him. I've drank with him. I've, you know, play, played soldier with him. Uh, he's, I mean, from a human perspective, he's a good guy. Um, from, you know, God's perspective, we're all wretched sinners in the hands of a holy God. <laughs> but um, he's he's reasonable. He's willing to intellectually engage, um, and that's promising. It's promising. So, Lord, Lord yes. willing, Lord willing, we continue that conversation. <clears throat> and I would like to remind Theophilus, or Theophilus, and also people in the chat, this: when you're witness to someone, and you got saved at the country church down the road at the altar right beside the pulpit, you don't have to drag people to the same exact place and tell them to do the same exact thing you did. Each person has their own walk with Christ. Right. And and I want to address Bible believer drank with him. Yes, Jesus drank with sinners. In fact, he even said, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to paraphrase, it's been a hot minute. Um, he said, um, John the Baptist didn't, came and didn't eat, didn't, uh, oh goodness, I'm paraphrasing it terribly, but basically, he got accused of being a booze hound, because he partook at all, which is funny, because that's the kind of attitude I feel like the comments about commenter would want to bring after that, because I drink at all, I must be a booze hound. Um, that reminds me, we still need to have a debate. We still need to have that debate, <laughs> Kyle! <laughs> I was in, I was actually wondering if Kyle was gonna was gonna object and be like, no, we haven't debated this yet. Uh, but no, it's it's one Christian liberty. Two, I I don't I I don't get blackout drunk um, intentionally, um, and I repent when I do. Um, and it's very rare. Anyways, anyways, moving on from that. Um, Jesus never drank. Okay, that's a whole nuance thing. Um, look, when Paul wrote to Corinth, actually, commenter, um, he didn't say, how dare you drink alcohol with the Lord's Supper. He said, how dare you be drunkards and gluttons with the Lord's Supper. Um, so... Anyways, that's detracting from our lovely conversation we were having. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're back to leading people to salvation and knowing what God has assigned you for. If God's assigned you to be a pastor, don't try to be a teacher. If God's assigned you to be a teacher, don't try to be a pastor. Some of the biggest problems we have in pulpits today is we have grandma and grandpa and mom and dad pastors. Mm -hmm. Whether pa grandma and grandma 
Grandpa and Grandma and Mom and Dad wanted them to be a pastor. And these men are up there, and they're, they're not even a pastor. They don't know how to take care of the flock. And this is the reason we have the trouble we have today with Christianity, especially modern American Christianity. These pastors do not know how to lead the flock and also shepherd the people coming in. And well, there was oh. a there was a certain Bruno situation in which the argument was made that oh, but what about all those people who are are confused about the Trinity? Um, if you understand the duties of a pastor, um, the fault of someone in your congregation not understanding um, oh. a essential doctrine. Jesus made it essential. He said, unless you believe that ego I me, you shall die in your sins. That's a reference to him being Yahweh, the very God of the Christians and the Jews, and in fact, all of humanity, if they opened their eyes. Um, he made it a very salvific issue. And someone in your congregation not understanding it isn't, isn't them just being confused. It's you being derelict in your duty. You need to do your hardest to make sure that they understand and what the gospel is. Because the Bible is clear that if you have the wrong God and the wrong gospel, then you can do all the good things you think you can do. They're not going to get you a scintilla closer to heaven. No, they're not. And... This goes around, full circle, what we talked about earlier, before. Excellent, Theophilus started listening in. Hmm. <laughs> we were talking about being a servant. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to be a servant before you go to the position you desire to be. Or desire, and aim what you desire is what God's desire for you. Let's reword that. <laughs> Sometimes you have to start out as a servant. Moses didn't start out leading the people out of Egypt. He had to serve. Joshua didn't start out as the great general. He had to serve. Mm -hmm. Peter did not start out the great disciple. He did. He had to serve. Christ come and taught us to serve. So if it's helping a lady to her car, old lady to the car, taking the trash out, sweeping the floor, doing something, feeding the na your neighbor, mm -hmm. that's important. In, it's all about, sorry, Stephen. In fact, it's, it's the very humility that comes from the Philippian passage that I would use in my in my Sola Scriptura defense of the Trinity to show the hypostatic union. Um, Philippians 2. Now, with my brand new... Hey, Theophilus, I think I lost my, uh, my other compact NASB. I'd like to think that the, uh, there was a weird person I met the other week on live. I'd like to think, wishful thinking, that he pit tried to pit-pocket me, and because I had my Bible where a wallet would normally be, um, he grabbed that instead. 
Um, I don't use money as bookmarks, though, so... Um, oh, well. Eh, it'll uh, benefit his soul. Anyways. Um, Philippians 2... Philippians is back here in Paul's letters. Uh, Philippians 2, 5 onward reads, um, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the very form of a servant, and being found in the likeness of men. Being found in the appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross, which, for context, was the most so humiliating a thing that normally they wouldn't even write the word crucifixion when they were talking about it. That's how humiliating a punishment it was. And yet here Paul says, he humbled himself unto death, even the death of the cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father and humility. Jesus, though being in the form of God, does not consider equality with God, theologically referring to the Father, to be grasped. Um, yeah. I think Christina real quick. Oh, well, what I was going to say, what I was going to say is, you know, just in agreement with y'all is it is all about an attitude of servitude um, because every, every act of servitude is an opportunity to share the gospel or to open up a conversation um, and one of my favorite things that y'all know, my dad is my senior pastor. And one of my favorite things that he says is they don't care what you know until they know that you care. And so you have to foster a relationship with those people before they're willing, you know, they have to see your heart and your intention um, and see that you're genuine. You know, you definitely want to you know, make sure that you're being genuine at all times, because one thing I can tell you from, you know, coming out of addiction and being in the streets and learning those experiences, people can tell when you're not being genuine. So you have to make sure that your attitude of servitude is coming from a place that is genuine, because that that helps soften their hearts and their minds to be open to what you're trying to tell them. So, you know, and that's all I was going to say on that is it's just cool that, you know, they don't care what you know until they know that you care. And the uh, springboard, she just made the spring higher by what she said about being <laughs> genuine. Before you're a servant, I mean, servants are great, but before you need to do this, you need to be a good steward mm. in your walk with Christ. You need to be read up, prayed up, and that's where it goes to being genuine. You don't need to be a fake Christian going out trying to serve people. You need to be really walking with Christ and serving Christ and being a good steward in your walk with Christ. Well, and this, if you're a fake Christian, you're uh, you're not actually going to be going out there to serve people to uh, to <laughs> to speak to to speak to something from the sh to 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 poke holes in balloons from the shadows. Um, uh, fake Christians make some of the best abusers 
Um, they do, but they do charm people to follow them. Yes, yes, they do, and they charm people to love them even. Ooh. Hey. Ooh. And I don't even know, I don't even know, this doesn't really go, I'm not sure this really goes along with servitude, and I'm not even sure what made this pop into my head, but another thing that I think is really important for us to cover is that we also need to take into account that, you know, everybody's personal convictions are different based on their relationship <clears throat> with Christ. So, um, what you consider, um, a, a self-instituted rule doesn't apply to me or what Stephen considers a self-instituted rule based on his relationship and his walk with Christ or, or Kyle's based on his, that's, that's not, that, that doesn't mean that that is textbook, scriptural, biblical, and that it applies universally because that is between you and your relationship with Christ, and as long as you're following the Word of God and you're living by Scripture, God knows the intent of our hearts, and we can't go around judging other Christians based on their personal convictions. Mm -hmm. You know, Stephen might, for him, in his walk with Christ, he might believe that in his relationship with Christ, it is okay for him to consume alcohol. Me, on the other hand, I am a recovered drug addict. I choose to be completely clear-minded and sober in my walk with Christ because that is my personal conviction because, you know, God and I have wrestled over uh, substances before, and I just want to totally eliminate that from our relationship out of respect to the things that he has rescued me from. And So everybody's walk is different. Mm -hmm. and, and, exactly. that's, and, that's, and to have a conviction like that, that's not only fine, but that's... Bravo and congratulations. Um, I'll I'll share. I it's been four years since I did what I did to cope with with pain, which was self injure. Um, I'm four years clean of that, sober of that. Struggled the other week, but um, thanks to thanks to a lot of caring people and a lot of very sad music, I got through. Um, if you want to share how, how many years sober you are, you are more than welcome to do so. Each tub sits on its own bottom. Yes. This is the old thing. That's awesome. Well, and, and it's not even just in the big, you know, like the more serious thing or things that people consider more serious, like, you know, um, drinking or not consuming alcohol or whatever like what you choose to do versus what I choose to do at college but it also applies to like other things like people make such a big deal out of like praise and worship music and like how you choose to worship versus how I choose to worship and your personal convictions might be different to mine but let me tell you like you know I, my past is crazy and I used to listen to like scarier harder music than most men so you know in my <laughs> praise and worship it might be a little wilder than somebody else's but you know in my relationship with Christ compared to what I used to listen to now everything that I try to do is to glorify God and even though it might be a little wilder than what somebody else might that doesn't mean that it's wrong if me and God are good, who are you to say that it's not appropriate? Right. I mean, like, like, time about, like, forms of, of worship. Like, 
You know how many people in my church wear a wear a tallit and kind of rock back and forth as they sing the music? One, <laughs> and you're talking to him. <laughs> I'm. Well, I feel I feel you, but I don't wear my tallit yet because I'm still getting to know my church. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and it's it's. Uh, uh. You're erasing our culture. I'm the only reason they know this is an aspect of culture. Um, so that's kind of the opposite of erasure. <laughs> what's amazing is the Christian community, the, they're thirsty to learn that culture. Prime example, the church I'm going to, we had a Wednesday night service where they were cooking, um, barbecue, um, baked potatoes. Mm -hmm. And the Sunday before this past Wednesday when they did this, a woman who's heads the cooking of this, she went over to me, she says, is it okay that we have pork tonight? I mean, pork Wednesday. I said, yeah. And she said, can your kids eat pork? I said, yeah. And she, are you sure they eat? I said, they're not allergic. She says, no, they're Jewish. I went, yes, they can eat pork. And then I, and I started thinking, I was like, she cares so much about their culture, right. of what they're ethnically Jewish, that was it okay for them to eat pork? Right. The Christian community is thirsty. Now, there's some Christians who don't understand. They scream mm -hmm. and holler, oh, we're not under the law. No, no, no. We're into lead and your zizio and doing all that stuff doesn't mean you're under the law. That's mm -hmm. Me and Stephen, we do this because we're convicted. Now, will I tell other people to do it? No. no. I yeah. I just I just do it as kind of a, a reminder to myself because I'll be transparent right now. I have a very trash prayer life, <laughs> partly because I'm in the mindset of it's just a conversation with God, so it's kind of just this open dialogue. I, I don't have a lot of moments where I actually sit down and do it, except for under extreme circumstances. So it kind of, it's supposed to be a reminder to myself of Paul's writing in 1 Thessalonians to unceasingly pray. The actual shortest verse in the Bible, um, in the Greek, it's only two words. Um, the, the shortest verse that we normally think of, Jesus wept, is actually three words in the Greek. <laughs> because Jesus, oh, has wow. the, Jesus has the definite article. Because Greek uses that word uh, different than English does. Um, so it can read, the Jesus prayed, and it's not weird. It's just weird if we literally translate it like that. <laughs> or, the Jesus wept. Um. Um, see, and what's funny is, talking about a community who says we're misappropriating, we're not misappropriating. We're doing exactly what Scripture. I mean, I read in Deuteronomy to wear the seats here, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm convicted. I just. But they said that's. Okay. I I mean I see like I am a as far as I know unless I do an ancestry dot com thing and find out I'm part um, Israelite I'm a Gentile <laughs> as far as I know but according to passages like Romans uh, 11, etc., I am grafted in. I'm an adopted son of the Father. I'm a adopted brother of Jesus, who was a Judahite. Um, 
does does the adoptive son is the adopted son not allowed to wear the clothing of the household? As far as I know, he wear the ring too. The ring? Family ring. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> Powerful son. Well, and I think, you know, it, it all goes back to personal conviction. And I think that, that that goes back to, you know, God instructed us to love each other. And I think that, what? No, no, you said love each other. Oh. Right. That's right. Right. And I think that sometimes, you know, it seems like, like, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Sometimes, for me, sometimes it almost feels easier to love lost people than it does other Christians. Thanks. Because they can be so, like, this is right. This is wrong. Da, 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 da. Like, uh, and I'm just like, I'll, oh my god. I'll tell you what, an atheist, okay. an atheist has never questioned what's in my glass. I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or or my tattoos, or what theology I'm changing to, or this or that, or like whatever. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, like this is this is part of this is part of what's an interesting opportunity for me at reenactments is I'm willing to sit at someone's campfire where they're they're drinking and they're smoking, and I I feel the liberty to to partake a little. Um, especially not a lot, especially not much this weekend because I'm, I'm trying to wean down for the week in California where I can't have anything, um, <laughs> because it's a conference. Um, that's <laughs> um, part of why I got the melatonin. Um, <laughs> um but... Um, I can, but yeah, it's... That, sorry. That, that, that dynamic allows for... Witnessing and actually at the last reenactment, I'm excited for this one the nights because I got to have some real genuine conversations with people around the campfire late at night and I love that But like you talk about around the campfire and Christina could Agree with this being from her past when you're talking to gang members MC uh, members stuff like that if you sit down and talk one-on-one -on -one with them sit down as they're drinking and hit hooping and hollering they will listen to you better than you running up to them handing them a pamphlet or a track saying you're going to hell they will listen to you better because when you're sitting across from them bikers they'll you're eating lunch with them dinner with them they're going to sit there. Who are you? What do you believe? They'll listen to you better. Mm -hmm. and, the, and, and especially if you don't start criticizing them right out the gate by right. saying, oh, can you please not use that language? It's offensive to me. Like, why would they want to listen to you if you're going into their environment and saying that what mm -hmm. they're doing is offensive to you? And so we have to remind ourselves that you know, sometimes in situations where we're trying to witness to somebody else, especially like Kyle was talking about with bikers and, you know, gang, you know, gangs and things like that, like their culture or even like the guy Aiden that we were talking to um, in the UK, 
their culture is different and you're going to have to be tolerant to things that you and your personal conviction, you know, and going by scripture that you choose not to, you know, curse or have use foul language or whatever, because you can't go out the gate chastising them or it's going to shut down your message because they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, if you just came here to judge me, you can take that mess and go move around somewhere yeah. else. Sometimes Which... Jesus ate with sinners. Sometimes you have to, you know, you have to come from a place of genuine love and acceptance in order to get to you know, get your key in the door to where you can share the gospel, you know. I mean, you, you don't you don't get a reputation like like the Pharisees tried to pin on Jesus by hanging out with the goody two shoes from church. Um, mm-hmm. um but and that's that's another aspect of, of something that needs to be acknowledged is when you talk to some people long enough you'll realize like I had this conversation with this one person who, from conversations before, I kind of questioned where they really stood. And then this last time I talked to them, it's like, you are rougher than, than like, one grit sandpaper around the edges. But now that you're talking, like, you sound like a believer. You sound like, okay, okay. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I see there's something going on here. And that's the unfortunate reality, too. That happens when we're not slow to speak, quick to listen, and even slower to anger, and I said that out of order, is the reality is um, um, we all sin, (laughs) and if you only ever knew us from the sinful side of us, of course you wouldn't think we're Christian. But if you talk with us long enough, or in the right context, you would hear who we really are. And it's it's realizing it's realizing that people are people. People aren't always the best people. <laughs> it's total depravity, Theophilus. Um, yeah, yeah, and it and it's like you. We have to remind ourselves where we were, (laughs) you know, and what we used to be. And it's like, okay, yes, in Christ, you are a new creation. And this is why, um, you know, a lot of people in, in that came out of addiction or in the recovery community, um, they still identify as addicts. And a lot of them are Christians. And I disagree with that because I'm like, no, you know, in Christ, um, when you, when you accept, when you made a choice and you accepted Christ and, you know, you received the Holy Spirit and you went into regeneration and, you know, you are a new creation in Christ. Why would you stake your identity in what you used to be and mm-hmm. limit what God is trying to mm-hmm. make you moving mm-hmm. forward? Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know... It's just we have to remind ourselves that our past is what helps us relate to people when we're evangelizing, but don't stake your identity in who you used to be. Wait, wait, one second. And on on that note, I'm going to pause this segment because we're almost to the hour mark. 
Um, actually, wait, no, I'm not recording in guest mode, so I can't go over an hour, so I do have to uh, close off the segment. So, I'm sorry, Kyle, I'm making you hold your tongue. Oh, that was the wrong button. Um, and we're back. Okay, exactly what she said about when you are a recovering alcoholic, you do not, like, same with Buddhists. If you're saved, and you used to be in Buddhism, you don't come around calling yourself a recovering Buddhist. You're something new. Mm-hmm. We're still sinners because we're going to sin, but by the grace of God, we're safe. But the thing is, if you're an atheist, you're not a recovering atheist. You're a Christian. You're bought out by the blood. If you're a Jehovah Witness, you're not a recovering Jehovah Witness. Mm-hmm. You're bought by the blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes. you are transformed. You're something new, and I, that's how I look at mm-hmm. what she's talking about. Is people are addicts. Mm-hmm. All of the- mm-hmm. It's it's that. Oh, my phone's doing a weird. Um, it, it's that it's that first one, um, six eleven. It's, but you were washed. You were justified. You were sanctified. Um, it's. <laughs> yeah, everything you got. You, I, I don't have anything more to say because you you said it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and I think that's really important for anybody. Um, you know, it frustrated me a lot about the recovery community, and even when I would speak, um, I, you know, I've spoke at a recovery center in Houston, and that was one of the things that I, you know, made to put at the forefront was you know, giving God all of the glory. Um, for rescuing me from what I used to be, and in Christ you are a new creation, why would you identify as the sin that you used to be when he said, you know, as behold, I'm going to you. So you have to let the former things be the former things, and don't identify as what you used to be, because you're not that person anymore. That person died. Mm-hmm. Well, but, I mean, no, like in a way. And I received Christ on death row, and I got pardoned. I'm not going to run around and say I'm a recovering murderer. <laughs> that would be kind of makes... weird. Yeah. I mean, yes, all the things I've done, I'm guilty of, but I've been saved by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. There's that but we need to put there. That separates us from the unsaved. That's the only difference. Is, mm-hmm. But I've mm-hmm. been saved, and I'm mm-hmm. transformed and, through Christ. And and that's not to, that's not to be misconstrued. That sanctification is a process. <laughs> it's you're 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 not going to be magically made perfect overnight. Actually, we will never be truly perfect until that glorious day of the Lord. Uh, right. Yeah. Um. Well, and that's, you know, and, you know, there's been a lot of attacks on Calvinism lately. But one thing that I will say, um, I have, you know, one of my close friends is, well, a lot of my close friends are Calvinists. And one, you know, I don't, I don't speak publicly about my theology, my theological beliefs these days. But one thing that I will say 
is that my theology has changed a lot the closer that I've gotten to my Calvinist friends. And um, one of the things that has changed because of that is part of my testimony where I used to, in a way, take pride in, oh, well, you know, I, t- I turned from my sin. I, I, I'm not an addict anymore, like mm. as if it was some choices that I made on my own. But then after, you know, going through some counseling with some friends and stuff and going through some learning theology and all that and realizing that where I was losing it was not giving God all of the glory for those decisions and giving God all of the glory in those situations, I came to the realization that I tried to do it on my own a bunch of times before. I tried to quit doing drugs on my own a bunch of times before. It was not until I submitted to the will of God that God pulled me out of addiction and that it is all glory to God because I could have never done that on my own, nor could I have ever made those choices on my own. Mm -hmm. So I think just one of the important things is, you know, we just have to remember Don't assume that people are being prideful based on a view of this or that. Really try to understand why they believe what they believe and why they stake their belief in that. And if they can humbly tell you, I believe in this or that because it gives all of the glory to God, then, you know, that's that's their walk, their journey. And Mm -hmm. you need to. um, Yeah. (laughs) And and for me, it's the inexplicable thing that's in, in my testimony about my mental health issues of there were times where every ounce of my being wanted to do horrendous things to my body and something held me back and it wasn't anything in me it had to have been god um i have a song lyric about that um i had i had one night where i went overboard and I've never done that since. Um, and that's, it wasn't like I consciously chose to, it's just I've never, the other week was the, the first time since then I'd really been brought that close to that brink. Do I still have intrusive thoughts about it? Do I still have dark desires <clears throat> about that every now and then? Yeah, yeah, that's sadly coming to the point where you start wrestling with the temptation towards something, is those intrusive thoughts will occur. Um, You will catch yourself entertaining those thoughts and have to stop yourself. Um, Again, sanctification is a process. Um, That transition from wanting to follow the lusts of the flesh um, to following after God, um, it... Stephen, I don't mean to interrupt you, but can you clarify that for a commenter? Because a commenter asked, um, did you say salvation was a process? And I said, no, he's not saying salvation is a process, but I'll have him repeat what he said. Yeah, it got got clarified by... um, Oh, sorry, sorry, I missed it. Royal, I believe, Royal clarified, thank you. No, I, I said sanctification, which is is different. Um, sanctification is a result of, of salvation. Um, and then, of Sorry. course, you, you can get into kind of a meta-dialogue about there's there's being saved, and then there's that, that temporal experience of you still go through this life, 
and then you you have that glorious day where you are delivered from death unto eternal life um, in the presence of the Lord. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I just think it's important for us to listen, come from a place of love, be genuine, and make sure that we understand why people believe the things that they believe, especially mm -hmm. when it's fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, like mm -hmm. what brought them to that belief, whether we agree with it or disagree with it, it doesn't change the fact that as we talked about personal convictions before, that's their relationship and their walk with Christ, and as long as we agree on the fundamentals of the Trinity and the one true gospel, then all of these other things are secondary issues. Um, mm -hmm. That's all I was saying. Yeah, and I, I agree. Before we start, and I'm going to use this term, we need to do a theological triage on people before mm -hmm. we do anything. You don't run into the ER and people throw you on a table and they start just poking you with everything. They can take you through a triage to find out what's really wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they don't believe something that's, let's say if it's heretical. You don't throw them on front street right off bat. You find out why. They might be, they misread something. Mm -hmm. And you can walk them through it and say, okay, this is the problem. This is what, you misread this. This is what is stated in Greek, Hebrew, this, that, other. You take them through a triage before you start handling it on social media. <clears throat> Acne is not a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seems to get escalated to a heart attack, kind of metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Not lately, yeah. though. Just because. Just they cause... treat a stub toe like you've been in a four car pileup. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. And and the sad thing is, they almost some of them almost and some of them may in fact break their backs trying to um, have a problem with your acne. Um, aye, aye, aye. <laughs> this is this has become a great metaphor that we've I, right. Well, I mean that's just denominations, Kyle. <laughs> uh, I okay. So Theophilus, uh, the, the 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 great the great Alabama gentleman you've been listening to for the past while now is my good friend from TikTok, Kyle St. Andrews, who I've been meaning to have on the podcast forever but we just haven't gotten around to do it supposed to have a debate with him we've been for years now uh <laughs> we, we 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 met by being at each other's throats so you know uh the one, one once at each other's throats no anyways <laughs> we met on the battlefield and now we're best friends right right yeah um it's over a secondary issue theophilus so you know yes it was Ah, where confusion abounds, grace abounds all the more. No. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Um, which, if people want to ask questions for us to tackle, uh, we're getting in kind of, I think we're, we're um, roughly an hour six into the recording. I want to go to at least an hour 30. I think that's a good, good, so about about 30 40 more minutes so um well there's one statement made in the chat uh the church 
should leave one impression on earth is love. And that same impression, and the sad thing is the church is not leaving the impression of love. We're leaving discord, arguments, fights. And we're repeating ourselves and beating the dead horse when we say this. Christina said it a hundred times over. We need to be more loving. If someone disagrees with you about a theological thing or a translational problem, don't beat them to death. Don't call them heretics. That's a harsh word. Right. Unless it's the... First find out what... Unless they're, like, dogmatically holding to the passion. That's that. <laughs> well, I said, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. You know, good faith thing that we're talking about, the main line. Like, there's... There's, there's really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just being, I'm just being pedantic devil's advocate. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're totally correct. I mean, and the message, too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but... I was gonna make a joke, but I decided not to. <laughs> but it's it's and seriously, I want to know, I want to know. I've talked about this multiple times on Theophilus, but it's it's because it's been talked about on here. Where are people getting this idea from that the Vulgate is a bad translation? Is it the best translation? No, but it's not like. It's not the passion. <laughs> Stop treating it like it's the passion. Um, I mean, that goes with King James. Is King James the best translation? No. Do I like King James? Yes. Yeah. I got my personal opinion about that. The... I'm a, I'm a Nasby onlyist. <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> I, I mean, I have the T-shirt NIV onlyist, so you know. I'm kidding. Uh, uh. Uh, well, if um, punk rock was in here. He was sit there and say he's a King James OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, boy. That's an interesting question. I'm a Jesus freak. But, uh, what are, what are your pronouns? Um, <clears throat> foreknown. Predestined. Called. Justified. Glorified. Mine, my pronouns is I'm a Jesus freak, I'm a heathen saved by the grace of God. Oh, if we're in a court of law, um, us, we, me, I. (laughs) 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 Now, where were Uh, we on the night of the 24th? For me, I don't feel, like, obligated to answer that because I don't think that any of that stuff is relevant to the conversation, nor is it um, anybody's business whom I encountered over social media because it doesn't play a role in the significance to you living your life or me living my life. So I don't think that it's... Relevant. How is what we believe to be considered any less brainwashing than what you believe, commenter? Because you say you you are by by your social context, you are inclined to immediately ask what our pronouns are. By our so, social context, we're immediately inclined to um, 
understand and witness to you effectively. How is one of those any more brainwashing than the other? You're witnessing your culture to us, we're witnessing our culture to you. Um, if, if for us that means brainwashing, then that means you are also brainwashed. You don't believe in anything. Do you believe in reality? I, you know... <laughs> well, on the contrary, he does. He believes he has a certain set of pronouns, and he believes he should ask other people, should, what their pronouns are. That's a belief system. Right. I mean, do you believe that the Earth will spin the same way tomorrow as it does today? Uh, or are you confident in anything? Because if you're confident in something, confide, with faith, you, you can't escape, right. you can't escape the principles. Does he believe tacos are good food? Yeah, I mean, tacos. I prefer a good, um, poor man's burrito, but... <laughs> a a chimichanga? Burritos. Chimichanga? Uh, now I'm hungry. Oh. It is... It is three. Yeah, it is late here, and I am hungry. I haven't had a churro. I haven't had a churro in too long. Oh, oh good churro. Oh, you know I've been sitting here for the past while at the office with you, and I've been thinking on my birthday, hmm. which is about two months away. I'm deciding where I want to eat. Yeah. I'm thinking Mexican food. Ooh. Ooh, Española comida. Ooh, sí, sí, sí. Uh, hmm, hmm, Uh, they make good food. I just need a gallon of milk every time I try it. Um. <laughs> um Do y'all ever eat Lebanese food? No. We don't have that done. I'm curious to oh. try it. Uh, it Lebanese food is based. Mm. It it, it, rem so it, would, it would remind me of Corporal Klinger from MASH. Uh, <laughs> it is so good. Uh, um, yeah. Oh. That's sad. I'm two months away from setting a date <laughs> of going to a Mexican restaurant and I'm thinking what food I'm going to order. <laughs> two months <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't marked it, written it out on your board yet. Give me time. July for all of us. Ooh, yep, it is. Wow. Goodbye, Pride Month. Hey, die to Pride Month has died for another year. Um, uh, I wish I could have done more episodes specifically about it. Um, uh, but um, I got to do an episode with one person about it. And my other out. Yeah. Different plans in everything. Well, I mean, there's a couple of um, Christian TikTokers that you I need to introduce to you. Yes. One, her name, um, Carissa. 
she transitioned and she was a male or transitioned to a male. She was not a male, um, but she transitioned into it and was living as one. Then she got saved and she has come back into, as a female. And she's living as a female and she doesn't look like, I mean, by the grace of God, everything's been healed from the transition. What I've what we see, but. I'll send you her contact. Yeah, because I, I mean, there's like a lot of options I could have done, but I prefer like working relationships so I know the personality of the person I'm bringing on. Um, that's why I, I really like bringing on Captain Colonist and Black Doctors because um, I know them real well and we get along so well. Uh, they've been fun to have on the podcast and they've been recurring people. Uh, I need to. <clears throat> I need to have Edgar Friendly back on um, at some point because the last time he was on, the last time he was on, we were prosto, we were face to face. Um, <laughs> um, that was, um, I had a kind of an Anakin moment, it's like, General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's like, my perspective on people's height and proportion is like, so off from this, I was talking with a friend about it earlier, um, it's like, I just... Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a good reference. Y'all just need to stand behind one of those police height <laughs> chart things. <laughs> I'm thing is about accurate. Or in front of uh, uh. All I'll say is I'm not tall enough to ride any of the rides. <laughs> uh. I love that. <laughs> Did they give you trouble? <laughs> no, not really, because... I guess because I have so many tattoos, they can tell that I'm an adult. But hmm. before I had, before I was covered in tattoos, yes, they did used to give me a problem because, um, yeah. <laughs> There's that's height gross. restriction. There's strict height restrictions on roller coasters. I guess it's a good thing I'm not that crazy about roller coasters because. I don't like standing in front of the little thing and having to be measured. Yeah. <sighs> so, uh, yeah. I guess we're in more of a closing thoughts time period. Huh. Actually, no, then I have to read my uh, benediction. Um, segment I do for the podcast. The one time anymore I bring out my NIV, because I love its version of the Beatitudes. Interesting. Uh, hmm. But uh, in what sense? <laughs> well, you know how I do my thing. Tune back in, same stream time, same stream time. Right. Channel. Tune back in, same. Most excellent time, most excellent channel. For most excellent Theophilus next week. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, just. We still got time. If there's any closing thoughts, um, or if any last-minute questions, 
uh, from the comments. I wow okay, I haven't even well okay. <laughs> I didn't take the other. I didn't take the melatonin yet. I know Christina's like me, about ready to put toothpicks in her eyes to keep it open. Yeah. Oof, oof. Well, I guess we can call it early. I've I've been known to go really short. I've been known to go really long. Um, I I guess man, I. What's the longest you ever had? Uh, like two hours. The last, the second to last time I talked with Black Doctor, we spent so much time visiting. <laughs> Woohoo! Four hours. I've listened to debates that were that long. I've listened to D and D podcasts that were that long. Uh, those can be three people. Those can be fun. Ooh, three people. Ooh. <sighs> no, three different podcasts. Four hours. Oh. Um, one was a mid axe. Oh no! Catholic. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well. Podcasts, podcasts still make me nervous because I'm still trying to learn how to talk enough without talking too much. <laughs> right. I mean, well, if you're the, it depends on how you're doing it. Like, if if you're co-hosting, um, I normally try to, especially if someone's on to talk about something specific, I try to prioritize them. And I'm, I'm real, it's easy for me to get hypercritical of myself, um, because, <laughs> um, but, um, so I, I let the other person, I try to make sure the other person's doing most of the talking, and I just prod along questions. Um, you probably want to plan it out, I normally don't plan out my questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I just let the conversation lead, because I'm really used to bouncing off of what people say and be like, so expand upon that. So does th- how does this affect this? Um, um, I might have to copy that if I start doing this podcast thing. I might have to be like, okay, so can you expand upon that? Yeah, yeah. You can feel free. Check out, check out whenever I have a podcast that says that I'm with or like featuring guests, like when I have someone else's username on there. Uh, check those out, see how I interview. If you want to copy it verbatim, go ahead. Go ahead. I There's nothing new under the sun. I'm not going to say I corner the market on how I interview people. Um, <laughs> uh, and also you can do uh, a guideline. If you like to, like I do the hall sheet, that helps. And then let people go, go with the flow. And you call audibles during it and say, okay, we're going to talk about this. Since you brought that up, right? But um, <clears throat> all right. Sounds so good. yeah. So anyone following along by Bible, even though we didn't do what we normally do and go over a section of passage today, um, we're going to be turning to Matthew five. Um, as soon as I actually get into the New Testament with my page flipping, <laughs> Matthew five. Verses 3 through 12. This will be from the NIV plus my own way I read this section. Um, Jesus spake these things to his disciples. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you on account of Christ. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Go in the peace and love of our Lord and Savior.